0: Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Here's kinda, here's kinda what this whole thing's about, uh, is that our church, we have 10 values and our very first value, and it's first for a very good reason, is that Jesus is our message. And so we wanted to make sure that we communicated always is that the very message of everything that we do, from the songs that we sing, the messages that we preach, every single time that we pray that Jesus is our message. This isn't self-help but this is the gospel. This is Jesus. And so for the for four weeks, four or five weeks, I can't even remember exactly how long it is, but we're going to be diving into who Jesus is because that's a huge part of what we want to be as a church is that we really want to get to know and love Jesus with all our hearts. So that series is going to start next week. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, I love Jesus. I love talking about Jesus. I love getting to know Jesus. And so I don't know about you, but I like, it, but we're going to do that. So that's, that's next week. But also next week is a very, 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 very awesome, important, incredible day, because it's also going to be our very first Water Baptism Sunday. Come on. And um, man, I'm telling you, that's it's going to be such an amazing thing. And what's so amazing is how many people in the first four weeks of our church has made a decision to follow Jesus. And maybe you're here and you've made that decision over the first four weeks of our church. And let me just tell you that that decision it is a very private decision. Uh, it's, it's a very personal decision, uh, but, it's, but it wasn't intended to be private, okay? Let me make sure I say that right. Because that decision to follow Jesus is a very personal decision. It's something that we all get to make in our hearts, that we get to make this very personal decision to say, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you with everything that I have, but it's not ever intended to be private. It's something that is supposed to be where it's a public decision. And so baptism, what it is, it's a it's a very outward expression. It's going public with your faith. And so it's an opportunity to be able to have a outward expression of an inward decision. Like here's a great example, okay? My wedding ring, okay? This is not what makes me married to that beautiful young lady right there. What's up, girl? How you doing? Looking fine on that front row, okay? <laughs> um, but... It, like I made, a, I made an inward decision. And then this is, this is an outward expression of that decision to love you the rest of my life. Just so everybody knows, okay, I'm taken. <laughs> and so that's the amazing thing about baptism. And so maybe you've never been water baptized. I want to encourage you, especially if you've made that decision over the first four weeks of our church, there is not a better next step for you than getting water baptized. And so if you want to do that, here's the easiest way to do that. If you wanna communicate to us, hey, two things. One, there's an info area in the lobby. Somebody will be out there and you can go tell them, hey, I wanna make sure, put me on whatever list that there is to get water baptized. I want to do that. And second thing that you could do is you could actually shoot an email to info at queencitypeople.com and we're going to baptize a whole lot of people. It's going to be a blast. We're going to celebrate. It's going to be a huge party, okay? Uh, so next week it's going to be amazing. Why don't you bring like two, three, 20 people with you, whatever. And we got some space, okay? Uh, We got some space to that. So, hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter four. John chapter four. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you have an app, you can open it up and click there. John chapter four is where we're gonna be hanging out. If you don't have a Bible, we actually have Bibles for you. And so um, we have free Bibles that are at the info area in the lobby um, that it's yours, free, no strings attached. We'd love to give you a Bible. And so if you don't have one, we'd love to give you one. We're in week number four of our series that we're calling, I Was Made For More. This is actually the last week. And uh, this, this whole series, I Was Made For More. And maybe you've had that thought in your life. Uh, maybe you've had that thought specifically, maybe at your job or maybe whatever you've been doing, you've had this thought where it's like maybe you're at school or maybe you were you're at sitting at a cubicle and you're like, oh my goodness, like I was made for more than this. And here's the cool thing. Here's what Jesus says. This has kind of been our theme verse for the last four weeks, where Jesus says in John 1010, 10, he says, I came, Jesus came so that they, us, so that we can have real and eternal life, more and better life than we ever dreamed of that if you've ever had that thought, I was made for more, Jesus is like, you're right, you were. And I came to give you a more and better life. And so in week number one, we talked about what does that look like? And so we talked about in week one that I was made to know God, that everything starts with having a relationship with God, that if you can know the Father, everything starts there. I was made for more starts with having a relationship with God. And here's the second thing we talked about in week two, that I was made to find freedom, that it's not just about having this relationship with God and then everything in life is the same. Sometimes we still have some baggage and some issues that sometimes that, that God doesn't want you to live life with those anymore. And so I was made to find freedom. And week three, we talked about last week, we talked about I was made for purpose. That not only does God want to get rid of those things, he wants to give you something even better, that he has a purpose for your life, that he's designed you in a way. With specific gifts and passions and a personality, so that because He put inside each and every one of us purpose, that God has a purpose for your life. And then this week we're gonna we're gonna shut this series down with this. And you maybe you want to write this down, write down this title: "I was made to make a difference." I was made to make a difference. That every single one of us—it's not just for you to have purpose, but that all of us are made by God to make a difference. And so today, really at the core of what we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about all about this word. You ready? This word right here, fulfillment. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Because I believe that when we all have a time in our life where we know that we're making a difference, there's a level of fulfillment. And what I believe is that inside of each and every one of us, there's something that desires for fulfillment. Every single one of us, we're all searching for it, looking for it, whatever can make us feel fulfilled. And like, here's the truth. Every single one of us was made by God to make a difference. And if we do, we're gonna find this deep level of fulfillment that we've all been searching for, all right? Let's pray and let's invite God into this space and to hang out with us. God, we love you. And we invite you into the next 28 minutes. And God, we tell you, that we leave all the things that maybe we have in our mind of what today was supposed to look like. And we set it down and we give you permission to do whatever you wanna do over the next few minutes. God, we open up our minds and our hearts to receive from you. We open up our eyes to see you. We open up our ears to hear you today so that when we walk out of here, we're different than when we walked in. And God, I thank you so much for everybody that's here, but God, we didn't come to play church. We didn't come to wear masks and to walk out the same. God, we need to hear from you today. And so would you speak to us? And God, I do pray that the Bengals beat the Steelers. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, who day? Okay, okay. (laughs) Hey, by show of hands, just kind of an honest moment here in church. Um, Do you ever have moments where you just want to avoid people? Come on, anybody have those moments in life? You know, okay, we all do. We all have those moments where we just, there's a lot of moments for me. Uh, Just being fully transparent, I'm a high introvert. There's times where I just try to avoid people. I try to avoid people before coffee. I don't know if anybody's with me. Any coffee lovers in the house? Anybody love some coffee? The nectar of the prophets, you know, we we all love coffee. I love coffee. I have a deal. Like, I don't talk to my wife, my kids. I don't even talk to God before I have coffee. You know, we just have this kind of a, this standing thing. Like, okay, we don't talk until I have my coffee. Um, you know, it, I avoid people at the store. Does anybody avoid people at the store? You know, um, truthfully, I don't go a whole lot. So I don't know where anything is. Uh, it's very stressful for me. It's very stressful. Like, I don't know honestly where anything is. And I always go with the list. And so when I'm in there, like if you ever see me at the store, um, it's not that I don't care about getting updates about little Johnny or Keisha. Okay. Like, like I really, like I, I really do care. I'm not a bad pastor. I'm just on assignment. Okay. Like, like I'm on assignment. Um, and so like I have a list and I got to get a very specific sauce or a specific spice and I don't know where any of it is and I'm stressed out. And so a lot of times I just avoid people. That's not the time for me to like counsel you um, and and to, to, and to, so, so I avoid people at the store. Um, I also avoid people at the gym, um, I, like at the gym. You know, I, I'm in there, when I'm in the gym, I'm there to work. I'm not in there to talk and hang out. I'm in there to, to just get curls from my girl right there, you know? Like that's, that's what I'm doing, um, uh, and confession, confession. Okay, this is just me being transparent, okay? This is very therapeutic for me, okay? Um, like, some, I don't know if you've ever done this. And maybe if, if you want to just get free from this, you can, you can raise your hand and just show people, like, yes, I'm, I'm with you, Pastor Brian, like, like I'm with you. Uh, sometimes, just confession, okay? It's a safe place. I understand the church is a safe place to talk about anything. Um, sometimes I wear headphones and nothing is playing in, in my headphones, <laughs> You might do that, yes, 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 I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand, you know? (laughs) It's like the 2018 do not disturb sign. Like, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my headphones, I cannot talk to you right now, you know? And in John chapter four, in the passage that we're gonna be looking at, Jesus encounters a woman who is definitely trying to avoid people. And so let's let's dive into this. In, In John chapter four, starting in verse three, it says, so he, talking about Jesus, he left Judea and returned to Galilee, and I love this. He had to go through Samaria, and, and you know maybe that's a ge- geographical thing, but I believe because he had to have this encounter with this woman. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar near, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, okay? Jesus even gets gets tired when when he walks a long time. Okay, he sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Okay, we'll come back to that. About noontime, that's when Jesus was there. Soon, a Samaritan woman, so soon, around noon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, "'Please give me a drink.'" Now she went there to get water around noon. And this was like the hottest part of the day. And so people that would be listening to this story or experiencing this, see in that culture, women would normally go get their water very early in the morning when it was the coldest, like the cool part of the day, they would go there. And so we will learn later that this woman had a very scandalous past. And she lived in a very small town where every single person would know her business. And so she went, and most scholars believe that this woman would only go to the well at noon to get water, just simply to avoid everybody, to avoid the looks, to avoid the stares, to avoid the, the whispers, you know, that she would go only to avoid all the other women and all the other gossip and all those other things. She was just simply trying to avoid people. And then we pick it up in verse eight, it says, Jesus, he was alone at the time, because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refuse to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Pause. By the way, I love that Jesus was the ultimate bridge builder. I love that. I love the fact that if people were listening to this conversation and they were seeing what was going on, the people at that time would be so shocked and so amazed. This would be so controversial because not only was he talking to a woman, that he was building a bridge across gender lines, but he was talking to a Samaritan when he was a Jew, building a bridge across racial lines and then talking to a known sinner somebody that most church folk wouldn't go hang out with building a bridge across spiritual lines. And get this, we are called to follow that Jesus. I'll just leave that there, okay? That's what we're called to be. And I just, okay, here's the deal. A big part of our calling as a church is to build bridges. So if you wanna wanna know something that we're about, we're about that. We're about building bridges and in a city that so often can build walls around 52 neighborhoods. And this side doesn't go to that side. And this neighborhood doesn't hang out with that neighborhood. No, we are called to follow Jesus, the ultimate bridge builder, and build bridges all across that city. Okay, so. Say <laughs> lot. Okay. Unpause. Okay, we'll go back to scripture in verse 10. That was free. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give them will never be thirsty again. It's a beautiful story. I love this story in scripture. And I just wanna highlight this morning two very important truths that really at the core of it is about fulfillment. And here's the first one. You can write this down, This is, it's kind of, a, kind of a long one, so, so I'll, I'll let it stay up on the screen for a long time. That before Jesus can fulfill us, we must first acknowledge our failed attempts to fulfill ourselves. That's good, that's good. You need to write that down, okay? You need to write that down, okay? Before Jesus can fulfill us, let me put it a little bit more, like maybe before Jesus can fulfill me, before Jesus can fulfill you, we must first acknowledge our failed attempts to fulfill ourselves. I love that Jesus says, Hey, I have this living water that if you drink that, you'll never be thirsty again. And listen to her response. This is in verse 15. She says, Please, sir. The woman said, Give me this water. I'll take it. I'm in. Then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get the water. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll always have to avoid the looks. I'll always have to avoid the stares that you'll give me something that'll last forever. Awesome. And then Jesus like takes a pretty hard like right turn because he's kind of like, okay, where does this come from? And Jesus, he says, go and get your husband. Jesus told her. And she said, I don't have a husband. The woman replied, she's a single lady, okay? But then Jesus said, you're right. And he kind of reads her mail. He says, you don't have a husband for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. And I love her response. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. You know, it's like, <laughs> Bible's funny. It's awesome. See like, and, and I, don't know, I don't know how you receive that. Because I think it's very easy to feel like Jesus is coming very strong at this lady. That Jesus is maybe being very insensitive or intrusive or inappropriate and borderline rude when he brings up relational baggage like that. But I promise you, Jesus wasn't trying to belittle her or hurt her, he was actually trying to help her. And here's why, because think about this. Think about the fact that a criminal and a surgeon both cut you. One of them cuts you to hurt you. One of them cuts you to heal you. And so like a great surgeon, Jesus only cuts you to heal you. Now I'm telling you, if you follow Jesus, there's going to be a time where he's gonna, it's gonna feel like he's cutting you. Because maybe you're doing your way of life and he's like, no, no, no. I've got a more and better way of life that sometimes goes against what your way of life is. And sometimes it can feel like he's cutting you. But like a good surgeon Jesus only cuts you to heal us. And Jesus is saying, you're trying, this is what he's trying to say in that message. He's saying, you're trying to find fulfillment in relationships, in men. And how's that working out for you? You and I both know that that's not, that that's not working. And so here's what's so cool. This is another one of those moments in scripture where I believe Jesus is saying like, hey, 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 get, get this, get this. You were made for more than this. And I love if you read through the gospels and you read about Jesus, there's all these moments where you can see him say, you were made for more than this. And so what about you? If you're at the well that day talking to Jesus, what would he have asked you to go get? What would he say? Hey, like what is that area of your life? What's that thing that you're trying so desperately to find fulfillment in that he would want to talk about? Okay, maybe it's success. Maybe it's your job, it's climbing the ladder, it's getting the promotion, it's fame. Maybe it's money or possessions. If I could get this new, it's that. If I could get this car, that house, whatever I can find fulfillment in, your career. Maybe it's that relationship, or maybe it's, it's I mean, if I could just find a man, if I could just find a woman, if I could just have that, right, that perfect date, whatever the case is, if I could just find that. Whatever it is, you and I both know that it's not working and that you were made for more. But before Jesus can fulfill us, we must First, acknowledge our failed attempts to fulfill ourselves. Now, full disclosure, here at our church, we believe that true and lasting fulfillment can only come through Jesus. We believe that. And in her conversation, I love that Jesus reminds this woman who he is that if you continue to read, he just doesn't say I'm a good man. He doesn't say that I'm a good leader. He doesn't say that I'm just a good pastor or a good preacher. This is what he says in verse 26. He says, I'm the Messiah. That's who I am. I'm the Messiah. And what's cool is that in this statement, he's saying that I'm the true and better man that you've been searching for. The only man that can satisfy your soul. And it's interesting because at this point in her life, think about it, she had six men. She had five that she was married to and one that was, she was living with at the time. And the number six, it actually represents the number of men. Like it, it actually represents like in, in, in Bible, it actually represents like the number four man, okay? But then Jesus becomes the seventh man. And the number seven in, in the Bible is a number that represents fulfillment that Jesus is the seventh man. In other words, that true and lasting fulfillment comes only through Jesus. See, everything starts with the most important decision of your life to follow Jesus, everything. And what's cool is at the very end of me talking, you will have the opportunity to make that decision, okay? So that's number one. Here's number two. I gotta hurry. True fulfillment is found helping others find fulfillment. So number two, True fulfillment is found helping others find fulfillment. See, after she had this life-changing experience with Jesus, look at her response. We jump back into the text, John chapter four and verse twenty-eight. It says, "The woman left her water jar. I love that because it's leaving her old life. It's like I don't even want that old life anymore." Beside the well, and ran back to the village, telling everyone, "Come and see." Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. And she goes back to the same people, around the same, around the same town, the same small town with the same people, the same looks, but this time she's different. And when she goes back, she just invites everyone that she sees. Hey, come and see, come and see Jesus. Come and see the man that changed my life. And like, what's cool is that she probably didn't have good theology. She probably didn't have the answers to every question. You know, there was probably some people that had some skeptical questions. And by the way, if you're here, skeptics are absolutely welcome in this church. And God's okay with your questions. Okay. And so she didn't have all the answers. She didn't know everything. But here's what she could do. She could just go and tell people, hey, come and see, come and see. And the cool thing is they did. Look at the results in verse 39. It says, many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for more and more people to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, They said to this woman, the social outcast, the one whose life was changed a few days ago, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the savior of the world. She made a difference. And here's what I believe. I believe right there when they were telling her that, she never felt more fulfillment in her life than right there. When she knew I made a difference in the lives of other people, See, psychologists actually have a term for this. It's called transcendence. And so in 1943, there's a psychologist by the name of Abraham Maslow, who came up with the five stages of human needs called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And here was actually it. This was something that he made back back in the 40s. And these things are like the things that motivate us. The higher we go, the more we feel fulfilled. So if all we have are these needs, like these basic needs, like food and water and rest, like, okay, you'll be fulfilled like at that meal. But the more you go up, the more lasting, true, deep fulfillment that, that you have. And, um, and so after, in the top was actually this thing called self-actualization, okay? Which is reaching your full potential. It's all about you, okay? So like most people, like back in the day, his studies would say the highest fulfillment you can get is when you actually become the best version of yourself. And then they researched way more. And then after 30 years, they re-released a new Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And the same exact five things, but one thing was added to the top. And it was this this phrase, self-transcendence. And so the question is, what in the world is that? And here's like a definition, giving oneself to something beyond oneself. Now, I want to make sure you understand this. This is a psychologist. This is somebody that would say, I'm a man of science. Okay, this isn't a pastor. This isn't isn't a minister. This isn't, you know, this isn't a priest. This is somebody that says, hey, like psychology, human beings, science, says the highest that you can get is this self-transcendence that whenever that happens, in other words, true fulfillment is found when your life is not about you. And so real lasting fulfillment isn't found in finally getting the dream job or building that dream house that you always wanted or going on awesome, great vacations or your team finally winning the Super Bowl, okay? Listen, all those things are awesome and all those things are great. Don't hear, those things are bad but they're not made to give this lasting fulfillment for you because real lasting fulfillment is found when you live your life for other people, that the most fulfilled that you can be is when you make a difference in somebody's extra life. So here's the big idea. Here's the biggest thing that, that I could tell you. The big takeaway for today is that the ultimate purpose of my life is to make a difference. The ultimate purpose of my life is to make difference. difference. That's that's why we're breathing, is that we are all, and some of you right now, you're immediately checking out. You're like, I'm disqualified. That's me. You don't know me. You don't know my story. You don't know. I don't have any gifts or talents or like, I understand that you can do that, but not me. No, 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 no. Every single one of us, the ultimate purpose of our lives is to make a difference, to make a difference. So I want to give you three practical ways that you can make a difference here. Like some of you are like, well, how can I do that? How can I make a difference? We have designed our church in a way to help you make a difference. And so here's a few things that I want to make sure that you see. Uh, here's the first one. You can you can write this down. Acts of kindness, okay? So if you go out into the lobby right now, you'll see on your way out, you'll see this display. And it has these cards on them. And on one side, it's a white, on the back side it's black, okay? And on the front side, it just says, here's a small gift to brighten your day. No strings attached. That's it. on the back has some information about our church, okay? We've had these since week one. I don't know if you've seen them. Uh, You may have just walked by it. Maybe you've never stopped to actually look and see. Maybe you haven't done a full exploration of the Withrow building and seeing how we're doing this. But this is designed for you. And this isn't just something that we're doing for like, hey, we're gonna do a three-week three week stretch of like these acts of kindness all over the place. No, like this is something that we want to make as a culture of our church, the culture of who we are, that we're always looking for ways to love and serve people with no strings attached. And so I want to encourage you that maybe that's something that you could do on your way out, grab a handful of these. We didn't make them for us. We made them for you. And then maybe you're like, I don't know what to do. Here's the cool thing. Today at the info area in the lobby, we have actually this list and it has some examples of things that you can do. And it's easier than what you think. It's not that you have to go up and share your testimony and lead somebody to Jesus. Here's your card. Okay, like (laughs) that's not it. It's simply like, hey, why don't the next time you're in a coffee shop, just leave an extra $5 and say, hey, the next person that comes in, I actually did this a couple of weeks ago, it's so much fun. You go, it's so much fun. You go ahead and say, hey, next person that comes in, I, just, I wanna buy their coffee. Here's an extra five, whatever's left, put it in your tips, okay? And so I gave it to them. And then you can just say, and, and here's, all I ask is that you give them this card, that's it. And then I went, I put my headphones in so that nobody would know. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't on, they weren't on. And then I watch and see, somebody's like, what? free coffee, like this, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be <laughs> glad in it, you know? <laughs> and you just see it and, and people get so excited. And this is just, and there's all types of little ideas that you can do, you know, just, just to love and serve somebody, just to make a difference in somebody's life. Just encourage somebody, write an encouraging note, throw that in there, you know, because just, just, just imagine all around our city people just getting all these random acts of kindness, all these little deposits of just somebody loving them, somebody serving them with no strings. Like we don't want nothing from you. And we just wanna let you know that we love you and we wanna serve you, no strings attached. That's one way that you can do it. Here's the second way, is invite people to church. I think it's a very tangible way that you can make a difference. And I, I love that in this story, that that's what she did. She just invited people to come see Jesus. And so just to make this clear, we are a reaching church. We are an inviting church that we unapologetically want to be a growing church. And here's why. Because heaven and hell are realities. It's real. And so we unapologetically want to reach people. Unapologetically. And the truth is, it's not so that we can have a big church we wanna make a big difference. And there's a huge difference in that. It's not just having a big church for big church sake, but we do unapologetically wanna make a big difference. And we wanna invite you to join us in that mission, to always have our radars open, seeing who is God putting in my past so that I can possibly invite somebody, so that I can, so that I can share what God's doing in my life, that I can share Jesus with somebody, that I can share the church with somebody with other people. And just realizing that God put us, every single one of us in our families, in our friend groups, in our jobs, in our neighborhoods, at our school campuses, all for a very specific reason. And that specific reason is to make a difference. And I love the example that this lady set in John chapter four. She didn't have to know all the answers. All she did is she went around just saying, come and see, come and see. And some of you, you're, you're, like, you may feel like that insecurity or that fear of like, what if, I, what if I step out and they ask me a question and I don't know, just say, I don't know, I, just just come with me. Just come and see, just come and see. Maybe, maybe, maybe the other guy will say it. I don't know, like, I don't know, let's figure it out together, you know? And, and I firmly believe that there's seven words that if you say them will consistently change somebody's life, God can use you to change somebody's life. Seven words, here we go. Here's what it is. Will you come with me to church? Could you imagine that if you just put that in your regular, every single week vocabulary, and then you started seeing the people that God's put in your life, give their life to Jesus. And you see people that maybe marriages were doomed for divorce and all of a sudden, bam, they get restored. And all of a sudden, kids that were off and disconnected from their parents, that they actually come back like a prodigal son, comes home, and then they get to experience Like, that can happen from simply saying this question as many times as possible throughout the week. It doesn't have to be every week, but I'm telling you, we got the space. And if we fill it up, we'll do it again. And if we fill that up, we'll do it again. We'll continue to make space so that people can meet Jesus all the time. Okay, so I just challenge you. Make this part of your normal rhythm. Ask people, come and see, come and see. Will you come with me to church? Here's the third: serve on the dream team. That's a it's a it's a it's a very tangible way that you can make a difference right now in our church. To serve on our dream team, and that's basically if you if you if that's, if that term is new for you, it's kind of like our code for volunteers, but we don't like that word because uh, a lot of times that has some like bad reputation. Um, but really, what we want to do is we want to have a team of people that are li- that are living out their dream by serving in an area in this church. And so the way to jump on our dream team is to do our growth track. And so if you've never been here, if you've never heard about that, and we're gonna keep talking about it and keep talking, because it's the easiest way to get plugged into our church. And so it's it's actually a, a two week in a classroom setting. It's right down this hallway if you go that way. And whenever you go and you experience growth track, the first one's all about like our vision, all about our story, you get to hear all about those. And then actually this week is step two, which you can jump in. Even if you haven't done step one, you can jump in and do step two today. And it's where you're gonna get to learn all about you. You're gonna get to realize that that God put a specific personality and specific gifts on the inside of you. And we wanna help you find your purpose so that you can find a team that you're designed to be on, not that we need you to be on. And so that's a perfect, tangible way that you can go and to be a part of what we're doing. Jump into it today. Here's a cool verse. And I'll start to land the plane with this. Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. It says, for we, all of us, for we are God's handiwork. We are God's handiwork. There, maybe there's other translations that you have in your Bible. Here's other words, like workmanship. And there's one, there's one translation that says this, for you're God's masterpiece. I love that. That you're like a beautiful work of art. Some of maybe you've been called the piece of work, you know, but like God's saying, like you're, you're a work of art, okay? You're, you're, you're a masterpiece. Like, listen, that's not for just the person to your right and to your left. That's for you. You are a masterpiece. You're God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Not just to think about it, but to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. All of us were created by God to make a difference in the world around us, to do something. And this whole relationship with God, this following Jesus thing is not intended for you to ever be on the sidelines, And God is calling each and every one of us to get off of the sidelines and get into the game. Okay, now, spoiler, I'll end with this. Is that this whole series, we've been low key preaching our vision as a church. And so we have a vision for our church and you can see it here on on the screen. And really it answers this question. What do we want to see for every person? So if you've had perfect attendance throughout this whole thing, or maybe you've caught up on the audio podcast, okay? You can see that in week one, we talked about, we want to see every person, every person know God. That every person is designed to have a real intimate relationship with God. Not not religion, not checklist, that God wants to have a relationship with you but he just doesn't wanna just have a relationship with you and save you for eternity, that he wants you to also experience the best life you could possibly live. So that way, we just don't want you to know God. That's actually the starting line, not the finish line. So when you know God, then what we wanna see is we wanna see people find freedom to deal with your yesterdays. You remember the luggage and and my man that was sweating up here carrying all this baggage and all these things. God doesn't want you to live that way anymore. That, he wants, that there's a way that you don't have to deal with that. And you can get rid of that so that you can discover your purpose. He just want, doesn't want to leave you empty. He wants to give you something brand new, that you are made with purpose and on purpose so that then you can go and that you can make a difference. And that's what all of us do. That's our vision for you. And we want to see you and your kids your family and your spouse that didn't come with you today, because maybe they're not into the whole church thing, and the people that you work with, and the people that you went to high school with that maybe you kind of keep up with on Facebook, 2.1 million people in the greater Cincinnati area, and our vision is that every single one of them go on this spiritual journey that we're all on and just keep taking their next step to see every person. But here's the cool thing. That's not just our vision for you. That if you look from Genesis to Revelation, that's actually God's vision for you. That's God's vision for your life. That he wants to see you go on this process where you know him, where you find freedom, where you discover purpose and you make a difference. And we believe, just to put a bow on this whole series, that this, I was made for more, the more and better life that Jesus talks about in John 10, 10, that that is the life that he's talking about, that we were made for more. It's hands down the best life that you can live on this planet. And if you experience that, lean in, lean in, lean in. If you go through that, if you experience that, if you lean in and say, you know what, I'm gonna give it a shot. I wanna try to know God. I wanna know him more. I may not know everything, but I want to know more. I don't want these issues in my life anymore. I want to find freedom. And I want to buy into the fact that God made me a very specific way for purpose so that you can begin to make a difference in the lives of other people. And here's what I believe with all my heart and I've gone all in is that not only will you experience the more and better life, the best life you could possibly live, At the end of the day, here's what you're gonna experience. Fulfillment. Like you've never experienced before. That's what our church is all about. It's helping you find that deep level fulfillment that can only come from having a real personal relationship with God. If you would bow your head and close your eyes. As we end, I just want you to simply ask right there in the privacy of your own moment right here, is right here. Just ask God, God, what are you speaking to me? In other words, like, what does my response need to be today? How does Sunday need to look different because of Monday? Reverse that. How does Monday need to look different because of Sunday? Laugh at me, it's okay. I understand it's an important moment right here. But right here, just ask God, God, what does my response need to be? Maybe it's to jump into growth track today or maybe it's to grab some of those random acts of kindness or to invite some people that maybe God put on your heart today to church. But like I said earlier, true and lasting fulfillment comes only through Jesus. And so maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you've never, never made it. Maybe you're brand new to this whole church thing or maybe you even grew up in church but you never made the choice yourself to make a decision. I'm gonna go all in with God. I'm gonna give him everything or maybe you've made that decision in the past, but you've maybe gone off and done your own thing. And you know, right now you're not where you need to be with God. I just wanna invite you to make a decision today to follow Jesus. And so if that's you, whether it's for the very first time, or maybe you're saying like, no, like I would love to make a recommitment. I wanna get, I just wanna, I wanna make the decision today to give God my whole life, to follow everything. If that's you, I just wanna simply invite you right now to raise your hand. Just raise your hand right where you're at. Just raise your hand. Just let me see it. Just raise it up high. Raise it up high. Yeah, I got you. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for your courage. It's awesome. I got you. Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. And just maybe just pray this in your heart. Just if you raise your hand, maybe you didn't, and you just wanna make this decision, just pray, God, I thank you so much for loving me. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for grace and mercy. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for defeating death for me. And today I repent from my sin. That means I go the other way. I go away from my old life and I want to go to a new life. I take a step towards you and I invite you into my heart. And really, I just don't invite you in. I give you everything. I give you my whole life. I want to build my entire life on you. And today I just want to to come to you. And so from this moment on, God, I wanna follow you with everything that I have for the for the rest of my life. And God, I thank you for every person that's here today. And what I know is that you're calling us to more, that you call us all to make a difference. And so God, I pray that right now in Jesus' name, would you give us wisdom to know how we can start making a difference in people's lives. And God, I pray that you give us wisdom to know what's right and courage to do what's right, to step out, to invite to give an act of kindness, whatever the case is. God, I just pray that you give us courage to do whatever you're calling us to do. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.